Good morning. I know that maybe that was a heavy prayer, is a lot heavier prayer than I really thought we were going to pray right then. Um, but sometimes God just, right? And I'm just, like, that. that's the heart today. Um, I just, I didn't know, right? I don't have words right now. Like, I don't even know what I'm trying to say. Um, that that's just the heart. Uh, I was raised in church, and I've been part of the thing, and it's been the same thing, like for 33 years. And I've been to different, probably been to more churches than some of you guys. Um, I had more pastors, preachers, teachers. Um, I've read and I've read and I've read and I've read and I've read. And I've prayed and I've prayed and I've prayed and I've prayed and I've prayed. But there's like this, I don't know, like as we were singing today, and this is just speaking out loud, so sorry. And if we go long, we just go long, right? Like that's that's who we are and it's who we're going to be. And if you're waiting for 12, then whatever go 12 but um like I've, I've been part of church my whole life and if if we're honest like we know there's something in us that's like this is not right you ever been just like singing the songs you're like this is not it it's not because we picked the wrong songs. It's not because we didn't play them the right way. It's just like, like, right, it doesn't matter if it's victory in Jesus or greater you, Lord. It doesn't really matter. None of that, none of that matters at all. If the lyrics exalt God. It doesn't matter what the music is. Um, and then I've sat in different churches, and I thought maybe if we just change music, then it'll do the thing. Or maybe if we just change preachers, it'll do the thing. And if we just change buildings, it'll do the When we started this thing, right? Like some of you guys that were here, and you remember having this conversation, and I was like, man, I just, I'm so burnt out with the church. I've been in it, like, for, I don't know, when did we start this thing? Six, seven, seven years ago. I had conversations. I remember I said it, um, what was it? Uh, Wishbones with Kenny, and I was just like, I'm so burnt out with the church. Because there's just been, there's been this thing in me since I guess maybe 21, 22 years old, and it's like, man, this is just not it. There's got to be more than this, right? Like, there's got to be more than just singing songs and hearing some guy talk. There's got to be more to it. And what's crazy is I think probably if, if most of us were honest, we'd be like, D- that's true. You just maybe amen that if you ever felt that. Like, I think that's why we change churches so much, right? Like we'll, we're here and then we're here and we're here and we're here. And it's because we know we're searching for something, but we just don't know what we're searching for. And you've heard people like read about the Acts 2 church. Like I don't. I don't think God's trying to do the Acts 2 church. I think God's infinitely creative and he doesn't need to do the same thing again. But I do believe that God is trying to find a people that just believe him. Like we'll sit in here and we sing songs that have these lyrics about how amazing it is that we've been saved and how God moves and how God heals and how, how God changes lives. And then we just do the same thing. And if we really believe like any of that, like not just like I know it, but like I just down in my spirit, like I believe that God wants to move. And we just like come together with a group of people that believed that. And they were like, I don't know exactly what God wants to do, but I'll just I'll leverage whatever because I want to find out what God wants to do. What could we see God do? In the past, like, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preach, so like, like I said, it might be long today. It's long every Sunday. Get over it. Um, 
But like we've been talking the past three weeks, and I thought we were just going to talk about serving the church. And as we talk about serving the church, what has God said every week? Like it's it's about serving the church, and you're never going to do anything until you come together and you like serve the church. And, and that's true. Like until we get to love each other, we're not going to love those people. Until we like accept like we're all different, and that's okay. We're not going to go love people that are different, and we're not going to see God change things. But the past three weeks, he's just birthed this thing in him. He's like, you remember, like it's about my glory, right? Like, it's not about overflow. Who cares about overflow? Like, I think that was the dream when we started, and then we were like, if we just get a bigger building and more chairs, like, then God will do the thing. And it's like, no. If we just, like, be the church that God has called us to be and, like, saved people start acting like saved people and we just love each other and don't, like, try to hit the door and get away from all these people and not see them again until next week and we live and do life together and we, and we share time together and space together and ministry together, what would God do? And, like, over and over and over again for the past few weeks, he's like, you can't do anything by yourself. It takes, like, people when you get those people together, you, you can see God working among those people and God will change other people for his glory and our good and the gospel among the nations. And like, I think I've really cared about the gospel in this room for a long time, but I don't know that God has really beyond the past three weeks given me a heart for the gospel outside of this room. And what I'm praying, I guess, is that God today would just say to a couple of us, I would pray that he'd do it to all of us. I just, I'm trying to be realistic today. But that God would say to a couple of us, you do remember it's about me. It's about my glory. It's not about a house and a car and a whatever. It's about me. It's about my glory. So when you go to work, you're just part of the story of my glory. When you're here, you're just part of the story of my glory. So I don't want to hear this. I don't have time. And I don't want to hear this like I've got too many responsibilities. I don't want to hear all this. It's not about your responsibilities and your time. If you've got too much stuff, get rid of some of it. It's about me. Like, I didn't mean to say any of that this morning. It's just what God's speaking, and I'm trying to be obedient, like, in the real time. So can we just do something today? I, I'm going to pray. I don't care what you do. <laughs> and I'm just going to believe today that God's speaking this to some people. They want to be part of what God's doing. And if that's you, I, just, I want you to just join me and we'll pray together that God would just do something in us today that would go beyond this place and it would go into our community and into these people around us. And maybe today's your first time, but if God's breathing this into your heart, like it's not about how many times you've been in a building, it's about what God's speaking today. God, today I believe that you want to save people. And I believe today that you've called your church to, to be part of that, 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 God, we are the vessel of the gospel in, in the nations today, that, God, you've already came and you left us with enough knowledge today to, to do, God, what you've called us to do. We don't have to be theologians. We don't have to go to some school and we don't have to go through some training thing. We just have to know, God, that you've changed our heart and, God, you want to change other people's hearts, that, God, you've changed our eternity and, God, you want to see other people's eternities change, that, God, You've moved in, in a way in us, God, that we have seen the greatest thing and that, God, today you would call us back to that place of I'm just so in love with you. That, God, today it would, it would be like the very first time when we come to know you and you revealed yourself to us. And, God, we would, we would leave all the skepticism of what the church has told us we have to believe and what we have to be. That, God, we would leave all of that today. And we would say today, I believe that you've put a, a dream in my heart that there is something more to this, that, God, you do care about my family and my friends. And, God, you've placed me in those people's lives before I was ever thought of, before I was ever born. You, you, you predestined these moments, God, that they could hear the gospel. And I'm the vessel for that today. And that, God, you would just give us a heart today that says, God, not just me. It's not just about me. It's not my story and my stuff today. It's a greater, grander story. And there are people out there that need to know the glory of God revealed in the person of Jesus Christ.
And God, today that we would have such a passion for that, that it wouldn't just be a prayer in the front of a room, but this would be a changing moment, a shifting moment, a pivoting moment for this body that we would say, God, we want to be involved in kingdom work today. It's not about growing a brand. It's about growing the family today. So, God, whatever we need to leverage today, we, we give it up. Plant this God dream in our heart and birth it into reality. We need you, God, and we love you, and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you guys. Um, sorry if that's weird. Um, I, I'm really not. I just felt obligated to say that. Um, <laughs> I'm not sorry if it's weird. Um, man, this morning uh, we're we're going to be in First Corinthians 12, and I'll I'll try to blow through it. But like I said, I don't. I'm not really concerned about the time. If you don't want to come here because it's long, then go somewhere it's shorter. Um, I don't mean that mean or hateful, but I want to be about what God's doing. And, and, you know, like culturally, we're supposed to be done at 12, and I get that. But there's a lot of ineffective places that close it up at 12 before God ever comes in the door. And I don't want to be that. So this morning, we're going to be in 1 Corinthians 12. And um, we're, we're going to talk about just, I guess, Maybe the scripture side of what we just talked about. We started a series a few weeks ago um, called More Than Me. And man, I didn't know when we went into that, God was going to pivot so strongly in my heart. (laughs) Um, I've had conversations with some of you guys how like there's a people of God that exist inside of the people in the building. And man, I believe God's calling those people into something today and um, I just am thankful for that I think today's a spiritual moment for maybe a couple of us that man could be life-altering trajectory changing for a lot of us and and man what what could we see if we would just latch on and say that's what I want God every time every moment I want to be with you Um, but this morning we're going to continue that series in in first Corinthians 12 if you have your Bible you can flip there if not I think it'll probably be back here on the on the wall behind us and um, and just the idea, I'm gonna, like I said, I'm going to blow through the intro, but the idea behind it is just that, man, on our own, we're not very much, and we can't do very much, and we can't change very much, but with God and with the people of God, we could be a force today for good and the gospel and the glory of God, and man, I want to see that. I want to see that, and um, I believe God wants to see that, and God's calling the people to that, and I, I believe that today, and anyway, it doesn't matter what I believe today, it believes what it matters what God says today. And he says this in 1 Corinthians 12 as he begins to talk about the church. A letter of 1 Corinthians is written to the church at Corinth by a man named Paul. Maybe you've never heard of him. Maybe you have. He's not the grand story today. Jesus is the grand story. Paul's a man that plays a part in that. And he's a man that God used to, to write letters to people like us, people that would say we're saved. We know Jesus. We've, we've come in this room. We've come down front and we've given our life to him and what these letters are is they're instructions on how to live out this faith. How do we walk out what we now say we believe? How do we link life and belief? And in 12, he gives specific instructions on diversity in the church. And he, he first talks about spiritual gifts. And, um, and he starts listing off these things. But before he does that, he says they're different gifts. Everybody has these diverse gifts that, that we have different gifts, but those gifts are all given by the same Spirit, which is the Holy Spirit. There are different ministries. We know that. Like if you drive down the road between here and I think the mall, there are like nine or ten other churches, and those are all like ministries, and inside of those, there are ministries. And he says that, you know, there are different ones of those, but but there's only one Lord. In other words, there's different ministries, but there's only one master, one person kind of in charge of all those ministries. And he says that there are different activities, but there's the same God is active in everyone and everything. In other words, there's different activities, but there's one activator. But today we got students and we got 1030 and we got children's church and we got nursery and toddlers and we got parking and greeting. There's different things we can do, but there's one person that moves all those things today into action. And that's what he's just saying here. 
And it says, uh, he starts listing off these things. It says, um, the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each person to produce what is beneficial. And he lists them as message of wisdom through one spirit, a message of knowledge through one spirit, and faith by one spirit, and gifts of healing through one spirit, and performing miracles through one spirit, and prophecy through one spirit, and distinguishing spirits or discernment through one spirit. And there's another different kind of languages and another interpretation of languages. And these are some gifts, but not all gifts. And he says they're all by the same spirit. All these gifts that we have today come from the Holy Spirit. And he says, but one in the same spirit is active in all these, distributing, love this, to each one as he wills. What's he saying here to the church? He's writing this letter to people that say they know Jesus. And if you know Jesus today, he's writing this to you. And he says that we all have gifts. All those gifts are different, right? Like, some of you have the gift to teach, and some of you have the gift of faith, and some of you can pray, and some of you, you know, you're great administrators, and some of you guys, you, you just, you're, you're friendly people, and God's going to use that. But we all have these same gifts, and these same gifts come through the same Holy Spirit who's working in us. And before we go anywhere farther today, what I want to say to all of us in this room is if you know Jesus, God has gifted you uniquely with something that he desires to use in you. Not all of us are teachers, not all of us are preachers, not all of us have this extraordinary faith, not all of us are singers, although maybe some of us want to be, not all of us are musicians, maybe not all of us are, are friendly people. I, I got a text this week that was like, hey, I, I, I'll do anything you want me to do. It was the best text message I've ever received, by the way. It was amazing because it was like, man, this is, uh, this is, this is somebody God is just speaking to and it's so humble. And it was amazing. And they said, I'll do anything you want me to. I'll even clean Doritos out of urinals if that's what you have for, if that's what you, if that's what the church needs. Uh, but I might be a little cranky to work with the, with the babies. And I was like, man, that's, that's honest. I love that. Uh, and, and that's not like, that's maybe not the gift, right? Like maybe that's not like, I, I'm not, I'm not a kid's person. And that's good to know before you volunteer to go in kids, right? Because we, we love our kids and we don't want anybody choking any of our kids. And if you, you don't have that gift, then that's not your place. But God's given us all a gift today. All of us have an ability today that God has uniquely birthed in us. And he means for us to use that gift to build up the church and to build up his kingdom outside of this place. I just want to speak that over this place because I think so many times we get in our heads that if we're not this role, this thing, if we're not in this place, that there's nothing we have to offer. And what this tells us is that actually all of us have something today to offer. All of us have something today that God has placed in us, that he's given us through the Holy Spirit, if we know Jesus. And we all have something to give back to the church today. And, and those things together are what makes this machine move, is what he's saying. And I just want to speak that over every person. You, you may be in the farthest back row or you may be in the front row. I just want to say that because we get in our heads like, I can't do anything. I can't do anything. I can't do anything. I can't do anything. And that's a lie. And it keeps us from being involved in what God's called us to be involved in because we just believe that there's nothing we have to offer. And today, what, what this tells us is we're all different and that's how God has made it. We have different gifts and different abilities, but it doesn't mean you don't have a gift or an ability. And it doesn't mean today that God cannot and is not willing to use you because that is false. He is. He wants to. He wants your gift and your ability and he can use it to do amazing things that you never would have even probably pictured. So if you're the best cleaner in the world, clean for the glory of God. That is your gift, right? If you're the best painter in the world, paint for the glory of God. That is your gift. If you are the best money counter in the world, count that money for the glory of God because that is your gift. Whatever your gift is, God can use it is what he's saying. Amen, hallelujah. That's true. I'll just amen me to that. I'm going to sit down there and preach up here. <laughs> it's weird. Uh, I need an amen corner. Just front row, ameners. Anybody? No? Okay. Thanks. Got it. Um, uh, but it's Jesus, it's the Spirit of God that's given us all these different gifts. Now, what's crazy about that is we got to somehow get all these gifts to work together in the church. Right? We can't have a church just with all singers in it. That could be long. We can't have a church with just all preachers in it, right? Like, I'm long enough. You don't want a line up here, right? Like, you don't... Just pass through them all today. You don't want that. You don't want a church that's all teachers. You don't want a church that's all greeters. You don't want a church that's all um, children's church workers. You don't want that. It takes everybody. You don't want a church that's all unmuters of microphones with nobody to stand behind the microphone, right? 
You don't want a church that's all word clickers with nobody to sing the words. You don't want that. You don't want a church that's all uh, lights people with the ability to put lights, but nobody to put them on. You don't want that, right? Like you, you don't want all those things. This may be the cleanest place in the world, but if it's the most unloving place in the world, it doesn't really matter, does it? We all have different gifts and different abilities, right? Like you don't want all coffee makers. Then we'd all be very caffeinated with no, nothing to go and do it with, right? Like nothing to do with all that. God's placed all people together, right? And we've got to figure out how to work that out in, in this place. How, do, how does that all work? And that's what he spends the next few verses talking about. I'm going to drink water eventually if you wonder why I'm just carrying this around. I'll just do it now since I've talked about it. And he says this next verse, and this next verse is the summary of everything he's going to talk about after this. He says, For as the body is one and has many parts, and all the parts... Uh, and all the parts of that body, through, though many are one body, so also is Christ. Don't you love Paul? <laughs> he just writes stuff, and you're like, dude, that was the most confusing sentence I've ever read. You're like, I don't know what you said. Like, I had to read this like four times last night to be like, where does that all fit into a thing? But it's, it's really like an amazing idea. What he's saying is, hey, let's, let's talk about something we can all relate to today. Everybody's got a body, right? So everybody can relate to that. Like everybody's got a body. If you have two bodies, you know, weird. We can talk about that after church. Um, we took one from somebody. Um, <laughs> but everybody's got a body, so let's talk about it, right? And for this, I love the illustration. We don't have to be medical people. He's not about to go talk about the intricacies of the uh, muscle system and the circulatory system, and I don't know any more systems. So if you're a medical person, you just shut. And I'm just kidding. Don't do that. Um, He's not about to get there, but he's like, we all got one body, right? We've got a body, so let's talk about bodies. Let's relate the church, let's relate the body of Christ to, to your body. He says, for as the body is one, he's like, it's one unit, it's one thing. Like when you see me, you're not like, oh, there's Brad's hand, and there's Brad's foot, and there's Brad's kneecap. And you don't, hopefully you don't do that, weirdo. Um, but, you know, like you look at me, and you're like, there's Brad. That's what you see, right? Because this is, unfortunately, this is what you get. That's what you see. What you see is what you get. It doesn't get better. 33 years, that's what it is. Um, and he says, as the, as the body is one, it's one unit, one thing that has many parts, all parts of the same body. What you see is Brad, but like Brad is made up of different things. He's got fingers and knuckles and toes and, you know, toenails. And there's parts in between that. I'm not a doctor. Um, but <laughs> anyway, lots of body parts. And although those parts are all many, they're all one body. He's like, it's the same way in, in the body of Christ. Now, yes, globally, that's what he's talking about. And I just want to say this radical idea today. We are not against that church and 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 that church. Let's go this side, that church and that church and that. There's a lot of churches around here. We're not against any of those churches. And when they succeed, it's, it's not a black mark on us. When they're booming out the door, it's not a black mark on us. When they're seeing, you know, like, you know, you see those churches and they're like, we had 17 million people baptized this morning. You know, like, you know those places. You're not, we're not against those. That's great. And if that's true, conversions and those people have really stepped into to an eternity with, with Jesus, man, that's an amazing thing. And we shouldn't begrudge that. If we got none and they got all, you know, it's great. That's great. God's doing a different thing here, and that's okay. So globally, what he's saying is, he's saying that we're all one body, and we're different parts. We, we're all here to, to do a thing. You know, like, I, I'm not the church in, in South America. I'm not there. I could be. God could call me to that, and I'm his, and he has the ability and the right to do that, and who am I to tell him no if he does that? But that's not where I am. But he's placed one there, and we're the same. So I should support them. I should care about what they do. I should pray for them. I should go there if I have the opportunity and serve in that place. But it also means in, in this place that, that we're all different people. We're all different parts. We all have different functions, and those functions work together to, to, to propel the body to what it needs to do. All those things move together to, to give this body the ability to be healthy and whole and to do the things that it's supposed to do. And if I'm not doing my part, then I'm, I'm, I'm actually hurting the body of Christ in this place. He says we're all one body. 
And we're all just different parts of that one body. Same way in Christ. That that is, that is the church. And then he spends the next few verses just hashing that out. Like, what does that look like? How, how does that work? Because we hear that and we know that, right? Like, oh, yeah, I'm important. I'm supposed to be here. I'm supposed to come in. I'm supposed to sit in this chair. Like, I don't sit in any other chair. This is my chair. Somebody else is in my chair. I'm going to be a little mad about it. Like, this is my spot. And, and I'm supposed to be here. And I'm supposed to sing this song and this song. And then somebody's going to talk right here. And then this song's going to happen. Like, we can do the play-by-play for every week. And we know what to expect. And we know what to do. And sometimes God, you know, blows that up. And we're like, oh, I'm supposed to be out of here by about 12. But, you know, like we know. But there's more to it than that. Because if that was it, right, like why wouldn't you just put it there? Uh, same thing. So just make sure you come and make sure you give and make sure you, you know, you, you sing some songs and listen real good. Take notes if you're radical. Never look at them again because we like to rot. We don't like to read. You like, you know. Sorry, I don't mean to be so funny today. Um. It's the Holy Spirit. It's my gift. Um. But there's more to it than that. And he spends these next verses talking about that. He says in 13, let me, let me just talk about some things with you guys real quick. For we, we're all baptized by one spirit. We've all been baptized into the same spirit, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. That's us. We are identified with Christ. And he says into one body. Isn't it amazing that we don't say, and now at overflow, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost? Because who cares, right? Like, Jesus didn't say that. It's just you're in the body. And that's the whole body. Jesus' people. We all have that same identity. He goes on, he says, uh, in, into one body, whether Jews or Greeks. Now, Jews are religious people for the context, right? And Greeks are uh, pagans for the context. And he's saying, no matter what your background is. Maybe you were raised in church and you're not a heathen and you wear the right clothes and you don't have too many piercings and, you know, like you, you don't have open-toe shoes and, and you never cut your hair even that one time. Like, you know, you met those people. Like he's saying, you can be that religious. Or you could have just walked in yesterday. Somebody shared the gospel the day before. You come to know Jesus and you're just blowing up, but you're wearing the whole marks of the world. You don't have the right clothes. You, you have your body covered in things. And some of those things are things that maybe you're like, I don't know if I would have got that now. Like, and he's like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. None of those people are better than any of those other people. It's the same in this place. We all have this common identity in Christ. And my identity is not what's on my body. My identity is not what kind of clothes I wear. Or, you know, what kind of family I come from. My identity is not. He's going to go on and he says, uh, he says, for we are all baptized in one spirit into the body, whether Jew or Greek, whether, listen to this, slave or free. It's like it's not about how much you have or how much you don't have. It's not about your status in the world. It's not about I'm a Fortune 500 company or uh, uh, live in a box. Like it's not about any of that. There's not a difference in that way in this place. Isn't that amazing? That's, that's an amazing thing to me in the church. The church isn't defined by what color we are. It's not defined by what age we are. It's not defined by what sex we are. It's not defined by any of that stuff. When Jesus looks at me, he's not like, oh, yeah, there's a white guy who was raised in a middle-class family who went to college and who has it together because he had a good start in life. That's not what Jesus sees. And whatever you are and what people would see is not what Jesus sees. He's like, we're the same in this place under the cross. We're all, we're all beggars at the foot of the cross. And we are loved sons and daughters through the grace and the mercy of Jesus. That, that's, we're all in the same place here. We want to look at people and put labels on them. And Jesus is like, nope, not in the church. He says, where we are all made to drink of one spirit, we have the same covenant or relationship ability with Jesus. We all have the same identity again here in Christ so that the body is not one part, but many. He's flipped it. We're not all identical, but we all have commonality. Wouldn't that be boring? Like everybody was, you know, we all text out what color clothes we're going to wear next Sunday. Everybody bring your khakis and your white polo. If you're going to dress the same, might as well make it look like a cult, right? Like everybody bring your khakis and your white polo. 
Because we all got to be the same. He's like, no, it's not about that. It's not about that. This is not that kind of place. We're all one body, but man, we're, we're a lot of different parts, and that's the beauty in the body of Christ. Diversity is beauty in the body of Christ. I love that. That's true. It goes on, continues to explain in 15. He says that the foot should say, because I'm page turn, not a hand. I don't belong to the body. In spite of this radical idea, it still belongs to the body. Listen to that. If the foot should say to the hand, I don't belong to the body. Radical idea. It's still part of the body. You like read this with these images in your head. Like if your foot today was to be like, you know what? I'm tired of getting walked on. It's, I'm sorry, I'm weird. That's how my brain works. But I'm tired of getting walked on. You cram me in the shoe all the time. I don't even like shoes. But you put me in the shoe all the time. You put these socks on me. They're so uncomfortable. And then you like, you know, choke me with those laces. And I'm just, I'm sick of it. <laughs> and if you don't let me be a hand, I'm out of here. <laughs> don't even think about gloves. Gloves are just socks for your hands. Sorry, um, I really think this way. That's the scary part. Um, freedom in Christ. Um, <laughs> he's like, wouldn't that be ridiculous, though? And even if that was the conversation, does your foot actually have the ability just to and go do its thing? It can't, right? Your foot can't just be like, yeah, I'm just tired of being a foot today. Just going to go do something else. And you're like, well, what's that have to do um, with anything? Well, that's what we do in the body of Christ sometimes. We have a function. God's given us a gift, a mission, a thing to do. And we're like, I don't really like this. It's not the most glamorous job. It's not seen. Nobody says they appreciate me. Nobody pats me on the back. And, and I get that. We should appreciate people. That is reality. If you clean in the church or greet in the church or praise the Lord, watch our kids in the church, like, we should appreciate people. I'll be honest. I know the people that work in the nursery. That is not always a fun job. Amen. Like, right? You're in there a lot. It's not always fun. It's, re- it's rewarding if that's what God wants you to do, but it's not always fun, right? Like cleaning diapers ain't fun, right? Like um, that, that's, not, that's not a thing. I don't, I'm never around kids. I'm sorry. I don't know. Um, <laughs> it's not my spiritual gift. Um, <laughs> but right, like that's, it's not always fun, man. It, if that's what God's called you to do, it's rewarding. But what if like we were all like, you know what? Just, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. Uh, it's cold. I'm done, I'm done parking. It's cold. <laughs> Snowing. I don't want to do it in the snow. I don't want to do it in the rain. I don't want to, you know, like, I don't know if I want to greet this morning. It's a little early. I'm just tired. You know, like, I'm, I'm sick of it. Yeah, nobody ever, whatever. But we do that, don't we? We've seen it. We've probably all been part, I've been part of it. I don't feel valued. I'm out. I've, I've done it. But he's like, man, if you think about it in that term, it's, it's weird, right? It still actually belongs to the body. He goes on, he says, if the ear should say, like, because I'm not an eye, I don't, I don't belong to the body. In spite of this, it still belongs to the body. Your ear can't be like, you know what, I'm just, I'm tired of hearing. I'm tired of it. They put me on the side of the head, like nobody sees me when I'm walking towards them. Like, you know, it's just, I'm weird, I'm large and point out too far. Like, I'm just sick of it. I want to be an eye. It doesn't work that way. It's not, even, it's not even possible for the ear to be like, ah, you know, I'm tired of it, I'm out. You can't do it. Maybe what he's saying to us is it's not possible just to just up and leave where you're supposed to serve in the body. He goes on, he says, man, if the, if the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? And if the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But God, now God has placed these parts, each one of them, in the body just as he wanted. 
wherever we're placed, wherever we're planted is where God wants us to be. And maybe that's not where we're going to be forever, but it's where we are right now. So why don't we just serve the best of our ability in that place is what he's saying. And wouldn't, again, wouldn't it be horrible, like, if, if everybody was a preacher, if we were going to get done, and then, like, hey, Nick, come on up here, and then Nemo's going to do it tonight, and Nemo could just, we could just go on through, you know, we got, we got preachers all, probably in every row all the way back, we could just stay here and just come, and I'm already, like, growling, so, um, I don't, I don't get lunch today, you don't get lunch today, we just do this thing. That would be horrible, right? That's what he's saying, like, if the whole body were an eye, heaven help us. He's like, God placed us where he wants us because that is the best way that this group can function and see God move in this place and then outside of this place. And so, so the eye cannot say to the hand, he goes on and again elaborates on that first verse. So the eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. That'd be ridiculous. Nor can the head to the feet say, I don't need you. Right? Like, if we're thinking about our body, wouldn't that be ridiculous? Like, what can your eye do? Your eye cannot be an effective hand. If you ever tried to pick something up with your eyeball, you know that. <laughs> Can't do it, right? It's just, it's just not made the same way. It just doesn't have the ability. He says the eye actually needs the hand and the, and the head needs the feet. We all need each other is what he's saying. All the parts need all the parts. On the contrary, all the more those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are necessary. Okay, now I'm not calling Jamie weak, so. I'm not making, they thought I was making fun of you two weeks ago. I'm not making fun of you right now. But everybody, that's Jamie back there, Jamie Wave. If you never met Jamie, that's Jamie. Um, the band would be nothing. If Jamie didn't get here with us and turn everything on and unmute everything. And you guys don't know that he does that. You don't, unless you're here. You, you have no idea. He's here 8.30 or something like that every Sunday morning. Rolls in here, starts doing stuff before I ever walk in a lot of times. He's parked here. And you couldn't hear a thing up here if that wasn't important to him and that wasn't where God placed him. All right? There's a couple of you back there. I'm... Jeff, don't be mad. Uh, there's Jeff. He's doing lights today. Um, all these lights were broke before church started. They were not on. These were, if it was in the ceiling, it wasn't working. So before you ever got here, he was figuring out how to make all this stuff work. So that today we weren't in a dentist office. And he was setting the atmosphere, right, for everything we just did in, in worship and in, in this moment. And he... Tommy's usually back there. Jeff kind of jumps around wherever we need him back there. But if he didn't do that, like, you would have noticed. You'd have been, why are the lights not on? But I doubt anybody ever thinks to say, hey, Tommy or Jeff or Jamie or Sheila doing words today. Thank you. We can sing the songs along with the band. Never think about that. There's more people that do it. You're just not back there today, so sorry. Don't be mad. Uh, You're still part of the body. Um... Nobody probably ever on the way out the door stops to think, you know what, thanks for doing that. Because that helped me get to Jesus this morning. But you'd notice if it wasn't there. Some of you walked in today and you were like, I'm so dang tired and there was just coffee here. It's magic, right? Like it just shows up back there and you're like, I don't know how that gets here. But, like, you might have not been awake for anything God did today had you not got that. And you appreciate that, but you don't ever know who, who does that. Emily usually does it. Tony, wherever you are, does it when she's not here. Never think about that. Do you know that today you're safe because there's a couple people on the security team, and I'm not going to point them out because that would be to defeat the purpose, but uh, <laughs> that are making sure you're safe so you can worship and not have to worry about some crazy person coming in here and doing something to you. And in the grand scheme of things, you're like, well, I see the preacher and I see the band, I see the visible people, but man, we couldn't do what we do as visible people without invisible people. People that are willing to, nobody notices me, nobody says thank you, nobody 
right? Like no, nobody pats me on the back. Nobody even knows I do this, right? Like some of us clean on Thursdays. Nobody knows why there's just not junk everywhere in the floor. It's just because it's like, you know what? There, there's people that are, that's, that's what they're given today. It's like, I'm going to, I'm going to vacuum. I'm going to, I'm going to do the thing. You have toilet paper when you walk in the bathroom. It's not magic, like, because somebody puts that on there. Nobody knows who that is or who does that. Like, I don't even know that I know who does that, to be completely honest. It's magic. It's just there when I need it. Um, Same thing with paper towels. Nobody tells us people thank you, but, like, we couldn't do what we do if there weren't people that were like, you know what, I don't, I'm not looking for a spotlight today. I, I'm okay with the shadows because I'm just, I'm just being part of the body. I'm just being part of the body. And it's not always fun. Like, sometimes it's not fun to be the foot, and sometimes, like, I do need a thank you, and sometimes I do feel forgotten, and sometimes, like, being in the back of the room, I don't get to participate, and I don't get to sing, and I don't get to do the hands thing because I'm so busy doing this, and something's blowing up, and nobody ever knows it because I'm just serving where I'm serving. He's like, that's the body. That's the body. And if you're an eye, he's saying, you don't forget. And nobody would ever hear you if somebody didn't show up before you. And if you're a head, you don't ever forget that you don't get anywhere you're going without some feet. It takes the whole body, is what he's saying. And he says, if you're an eye, you better remember sometimes to honor the hands and if you're ahead, you better remember sometimes to honor the feet, the people in the shadows. You better get that. But that is not why they're serving. But I just need you to know you can't get anywhere without people that are willing to serve in the shadows. You can't get anywhere without people today that are willing just to be part of what God is doing. I don't have to be a visible part. I just have to be a part. We all have a role to play. We all have something to offer in the church is what he's saying. So the parts of the body that seem to be weaker and more necessary and those parts of the body that we think are less honorable, we actually clothe those with greater honor and our unpresentable parts have a better presentation. Presentable parts, they don't need clothing. They get the pats on the back. People remember they're there or they're not there. Instead, listen to this, God has put the body together giving greater honor to the less honorable You know who God's more pleased with today? The guy showing up, changing the toilet paper. Because I get pats on the back. The people that never get noticed, there's somebody noticing today, is what he's saying. There's somebody that sees today. And you may feel forgotten by the church, but you are not forgotten, is what he's saying. Wherever you are serving, God sees it and God is pleased. He did this so there would be no division in the body, but that the members would have the same concern for each other. Listen to this. So if one member suffers, all the members suffer with them. Now he's saying if one of us is hurting, we should all come around that hurt. He's saying that. But what I think God's saying in a greater way today is that if we aren't working in our spot in the body, then the body ain't working. I want to say that again because it's so important today. If we aren't serving in our spot in the body, then the body ain't working. This morning, the reality of it is, is God has uniquely gifted us with abilities and talents and gifts that he desires to use for his glory in this place and then outside of this place. But the greater reality of it is today that if we're not serving where God has called us to serve, then we are handicapping the body in this place. And if we're so busy trying to do stuff in this place, trying to get the three volunteers to make sure that we can do this thing this week, and if our main concern is, I don't know if I can get enough people to sit in the nursery with my kids, or I don't know if I can get somebody to clean, or I don't know if I can get somebody to greet, or I don't know that I can get somebody to park. If we're so concerned about that because we have such a lack of people that want to be invested, what that means is we're too taxed to do anything outside of here. I've been part of that church, haven't you? There's this statistic, and I don't remember the real number, but like, isn't there, uh, I think it's maybe like 17% of the people in churches do most of the work, 100% of the work in the church. 
I don't think that's true here. I think we're slightly higher because God's just gifted us with that. But the reality of it is today, if you were running off 17% of your body, you wouldn't feel very well. If 17% of this thing was working today, I'm not good at math, but that ain't much of me. If 17% of my body today said, you know what, I'm getting out of bed, I don't know that I could get out of bed today. If 17% of my body today said, you know what, I'm going to work, I don't know that I could make it to work. I'd probably be in a hospital bed somewhere. And we talk and we're like, man, I want to be a community. I want to be a church that engages our community. I want to be a church that engages the world for the gospel. That's great. But we got to be a church that staffs the nursery first. Amen. Now we're going to do that again. Amen. If we're going to be a church that impacts a community, we got to be a church that can have somebody stand at the door and say, hey, I'm glad you're here first. If we're going to be a church that sees the nations change for the glory of God, we got to be a church that figures out how to get people plugged into places in this place so that outside of this place, we're not too taxed to get out and to make an impact and to do what God has called us to do. We should never have to beg people to show up to do stuff. We should never have to beg to fill spots. We should never have to beg to get people to watch kids. It's an annoying thing probably, but also a beautiful thing. But here's what we've missed. We're going to carry the gospel out there, but we got to be about it in this place first. If we don't care about showing the cross of Christ to the people that walk in the door, what are we going to do out there? If it's not important to us that we people feel the love of God in these moments, then what are we going to do out there? How are we going to love people out there if we're not even good at loving people in here? So he says, if one part of the body suffers, if it's not working, the whole part of the body suffers. And what he's saying to us is, you got a job. God has uniquely gifted you with the ability to do something. And if you're just sitting, you're not doing something. So you got to do something. And when you do something, God will do more. When you get engaged, God will move mountains. That's how that works. When you start moving, God begins to move. And when God moves, man, amazing things happen. When God moves, we can see people change. When God moves, we can see mountains move. When God moves, we can see a community that comes to know Jesus. When God moves, we can see a city that comes to know Jesus. When God moves, we can see a nation that comes to know Jesus. When God moves, we can see a world that comes to know Jesus. But if we don't care if these people know Jesus, we're never going to care if those people know Jesus. And that's what he's saying. It's got to be important in the walls. And when it's important in the walls, it'll be important out of the walls. You know what's amazing to, to, to work with the little kids? Because they know how to love people. Right? You don't walk in there and wonder if you're loved or not. And he's like, man, that's what the church should be. You shouldn't walk in here and wonder if you're loved or not. You know, that's why we have people stand in the parking lot. We do not think you're too stupid today to park out there. There's a big old space. And we don't have lines, but that makes it easier. In fact, we have people in the parking lot because I believe it means something for somebody to stand out there in the rain to say, I'm so glad you're here today. I'm standing in the rain. We have people that stand in the door in the hallway because I know I've been to church where I feel uncomfortable getting out of the car. I've been in a place where I'm like, I don't know any of these people. I don't know. I don't want to go in there. And there's people at the door and in the hall because we want them to know before they get in there, there's somebody glad you're here today. Somebody is glad that you got out of the bed today and you got out of the car today and you made it all the way through the front doors today. And we're here to tell you, we believe God is going to do something in these moments that is going to change your life forever. And I believe it so strongly. I got up and I came early to stand outside in the cold. Because you're worth it today. You know how people watch kids? So we can listen. If you come in and you've never been to church before and you got 16 kids and you're trying to make sure everybody's quiet because you're already uncomfortable, you're not going to hear the gospel. Because you're like, ah, they can't hear because Jimmy overhears. 
So we found a place that we can get people just to sit in there, take a little pressure off so that you can come in and you can hear about Jesus. And what's amazing is it's like double, double duty because when they're in there, guess what they're hearing about? Jesus. They're on there watching Veggie Tales and they're on there coloring puzzles. They're in there hearing the gospel in a, in a way, just in a little moment. They're not going to listen to me for 45 minutes, but man, they'll listen to that story for three. And we can see eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 year olds come to know Jesus because somebody's willing to do that job that ain't fun. We don't serve because like we need people to stand at places so we look good. We serve because we have seen the glory of God. And we come in the room today thinking I'm gonna make all the paths straight <laughs> because I need people to see this very same God. If it takes me standing at the door, if it takes me making coffee, if it takes me coming in early and plugging stuff up, it doesn't matter what it is. If it takes me coming in on a different night of the week where nobody ever sees it sweeping, it doesn't really matter because I want to be part of something. And I want to see God do something. I think I've told this story once or twice, but JFK was at NASA. Maybe some of you heard it, even if you're not here. I think it's been popular on the internet recently, but he was at NASA. They were about to, you know, launch the shuttle, put a man on the moon. And he was walking down the hallway and he sees a guy who's sweeping and he walks up to him and shakes his hand. He says, what are you doing here? What's your job here? I'm helping put a man on the moon. And what if that was our heart today? What are you doing here? I want to see people know Jesus doing today all inviting people into the house of God because I've seen it and I want them to see it now when we grab on to what God's doing and we realize that the mission is not people at the door it's the gospel it's always been about the gospel it's always about the glory of God everything is about the glory of God man it makes all the jobs worth it and I don't care to be a foot, right? What's the psalmist say? I'd rather, I'd rather just be a door holder in the house of the Lord than anywhere else. I'd rather be a door holder in the house of the Lord than out there living it up. I'd rather stand right here at the door ushering people into what God's doing than anything else because I've seen it and I know what's behind this door.